I knew I had to do some stuff and that was where the mentors and the people I was working with were helping me fill in those blanks of, okay, now you've done this next step is this, that I just found that was super helpful, especially as I figured out the skills I needed to learn. And as I figured out the people who I needed to connect with those blanks kept filled in. Welcome to the Generation Youth Podcast, where we ignite the future by empowering our youth. I'm James McLamb, your host, founder, and CEO of Generation Youth, and the author of the best-selling book, Tomorrow's Youth. Whether you're a parent, an educator, youth pastor, or coach, join us as we dive into the pressing issues facing our young people today. Together, We'll unlock the strategies, insights, and inspiration to elevate and equip our next generation. Stay with us, and let's make a difference, one youth at a time. Welcome to the Generation Youth Podcast. I'm your host, James McLamb, and joining me tonight again, or today again for this episode, is Sarah Beth. How are you doing, Sarah? I'm doing good. How are you? (laughs) I'm doing really well on this episode here. We're kind of heading towards the end of the year when we're scheduling this. We're doing kind of a, a series of three podcasts where you and I are sharing some issues that are related to the holidays. And now we're going to talk about what most folks are going to be thinking about as they get ready for the new year. And that most folks at the beginning of the year do something. What do they do? They set New Year's resolutions or goal setting. <laughs> they exactly right. We're going to talk about the importance of helping the young person set goals and why it's especially important for youth uh, to set goals, especially at this time of year. It's it's a great time for them to review maybe what they've done the previous year and get prep, uh, prepared for a new beginning. I was just talking to a class today about you know, opportunities to share with people new ideas and that how everyone after the beginning of the year is really excited uh, to listen to new opportunities, to engage in new opportunities. Um, You know, stats show that people tend to go to what more at the beginning of the year? Um, I'm going to say the gym. (laughs) The gym is exactly right. Exactly what I was looking for. The gym is exactly right. People tend to go to the gym quite a bit more at the beginning of the year. Uh, than they will any other time. So that's what we want to look at, um, the importance of goal setting uh, for youth at the end of the year. So when we look at it, why do you think you know it's important for them to look at goals at the end of the year? Well, I feel like it's kind of almost a natural transition. Mm-hmm. We've been taught since we were little that January is the start of the year, December is the end, even though it's not really school year time-wise um, or even some jobs. But like, that's what we've been taught. So it's kind of like a natural ending. And Mm -hmm. I feel like so many people, like when the year transitions, you know, New Year's Eve, they're like, oh, it's a new year. I can be a new person. I can do new things. I can travel more. I can do all those things. So I feel like it's just kind of been taught to us. Yeah. Like, I feel like it's almost just been taught to us. Yeah. And also at the end of the year, especially once we get past Christmas, that time period between Christmas and the end of the year most media outlets, social media channels will have a great deal of reflection on the year. You know, what was the, what happened this year? You know, what are the big, so, you know, we're in a period of reflecting on what has happened in the past. And that gets you in the mindset of this is what I did, or this is what I didn't do. 
and you want to get set up and prepare for future challenges. Is there any other reason why we need to talk about goal setting for youth at the year's end? Well, you know, in general, I think it's a good life skill um, for them mm. to have. Just, you know, not only just to set resolutions, but to teach them, hey, if you have a goal, you can set it and you can reach it. Because um, I feel like so many people think of it as just like unachievable. And so if we can teach them that life skill, that's huge. You know, we talked to over uh, 2,500 youth and asked them what their major problems was. One of the three problems, the third one as far as the number of answers that was given was we don't know how to set goals and dream for the future. We don't know how to find our purpose and reach that. So helping youth set their and shape their future by setting targets and developing a roadmap through a process of goal setting, I think, as you said, is an essential life skill that really can help them. Anything else that you think about? You know, kind of going right along with that, it's kind of just practical. It's a practical life skill that they can have. You know, um, we kind of mentioned it lines up with like the, it doesn't necessarily line up with the academic school year, but a lot of schools have new semesters coming up. So maybe, you know, academic goals that they might have and just the practicality of it as a life mm -hmm. skill, I think is huge. Yeah. I think also that, you know, that they have psychological benefits mm -hmm. when yeah. you're setting goals, it can help your self-esteem, make you feel better about yourself, improve your self-image helps with your organizational skills. If it's a good process, discipline can be increased. I think mm. self-discipline can be increased, developing a work ethic, which are those two things are things that I think it helped me most significantly learning a goal setting process because I, I was, you know, did not, I was not very effective on those things. So any other things that you think? You know, not that I could think of right off the top of my head, but when you said it taught discipline, it, the other thing that kind of popped into my head was it also teaches them to almost fail forward to an extent mm -hmm. of like, if they have a goal, keep going. Like with that discipline of you can fail as long as you're failing forward. Yeah, that's, that's what popped into my head. <laughs> well, the most popular goal setting method that people are taught is called SMART goals. S-M-A-R-T. Now, that's not something that at Generation Youth, we talk a lot about. We use a different process, which we're going to use. But SMART goals is that. Do you remember what SMART goals is? Um, What's okay, the S for? It's like specific, measurable. Yes. There's an A in there. Yeah. Achievable. I think so, yeah. I think that's right. Maybe realistic. and. Uh-huh timeliness or something something time trackable i thought it was trackable, trackable. Some, yeah 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 so that's that's you see we don't even know that for the audience to sit there get screaming it to us you folks don't know this how silly that's because we've adopted this uh, mr zig ziglar's seven step goal setting process it's actually a little bit more than a seven step there's actually some qualifying parts of it and we'll talk about how you can get resources about that at the end of the podcast but I believe that his seven-step process is the most effective process that we can do. So let me go over what the name, each one of those seven steps are. You know, just name them to begin with. The first one's very specifically. Remember what number one was? It's identifying your goal. <laughs> right, identifying your goal, being able to write it down. Number two, you want to list the benefits of the goal. Number three, listing obstacles that may... You have to overcome. 
Number four, lifting any skills or knowledge that's required. Number five, getting your team together. Who do you got to work with? The people you work with. Number six, actually developing your plan of action. And seven, setting a deadline. Now, those are the seven steps. I believe that gives you a better framework than just SMART goals. You know, having things. SMART just kind of gives you a list of adjectives that describes your goals. The seventh step gives you a roadmap to achieve your goals. Would you agree with yeah. me on that one? Yeah, definitely. Smart, like you just said, it was just kind of all describing the goal where this is like an actual plan. Do you think, can you go through all the steps and kind of give some more details so that okay. the listeners can, you know, actually use it? That, that's fair enough. The first step, the step number one is identifying the goal. Now that's very, very, very self-explanatory that you want to write out exactly what your goal is. Now I encourage people to write it as kind of an action statement. I am making the A honor roll in school. I am getting on this team at school. I am getting into this college at school. I am getting this job that I want as an action statement, something that's positive, something that's emphasizing. Because when you're doing that, the very first thing that happens is that you start to visualize what you want to see. When you're writing it as I am, what I think hurts is when people write in there going to college as a goal. Well, that still has some action to it, but it's not that positive energy. Just doesn't it feel better just to say I am going to college than go to college? You know, see the difference? You know, oh, yeah. And I know I'm using some inflection in my voice to kind of make it seem like that, you know, and emphasize in that way. But there is some power in the words that you say. So by identifying your goal in that positive action statement, something that it can get you excited towards it, it helps you identify. It helps you start to visualize it. And once youth are starting to visualize what they can see, a goal that they can see, then it becomes more real to them. It becomes a little bit more. And I would say write it down as specific as you want. So let's go back to the college example. It may be, I am going to blank college, or you might put down your top two or three choices, you know, if you really are not specific on those. Or, you know, I am making the cheerleading, varsity cheerleading team at my high school as this position. Or I am, you know, running for a state FFA office and becoming, you know, you know, those types of things that are going forward. So would you agree that there's so much power in that? You work with students. Yeah, there is a lot of power in just saying, I am going to do this. A lot of times whenever I'm teaching my FFA officers to introduce themselves, instead of teaching them to say, you know, my name is this, I go with, I am Sarah Beth. Um, instead of having them just say, you know, my name is, or this is my goal, because there's power in saying I am, for sure. Number two is when we start listing the benefits of achieving the goal. Now, how do you think listing your benefits or understand your benefits can help motivate youth? Uh, you know, one thing is just seeing if it's even one, your goal, a lot of times my students, they have goals and I can just tell when they say it, it's not their goal. It's their parents' goal for them. So listing out ways that it can benefit you um, is super helpful to figure out if it's even a goal, but then also, is it even worth your while? Because if it's right. a goal that's not going to benefit you and it's not even your goal, then why 
spend all your effort and time and motivation trying to do something you don't actually want to do. So let's picture what we've done. We've written out this goal. I am getting into such and such university, to Eastern University. And now you start listing the benefits of it. I get there and you, and you have a list of benefits. Don't just list two or three. Go Let your mind wander and, and write as many of them as you can. Big benefits, small benefits. It doesn't make a difference. Write as many benefits that you can on there. Tell them I said hello. Um, <laughs> oh, many this benefits is Ava's honey. You <laughs> oh, your dog? Yeah. Yeah. Your dog's walking across the screen? Okay. Part of the reason why you want to do this, and, and, and this is really where the power of listing benefits come in, is when it gets hard. Mm. When it gets difficult to achieve the goals that you want to achieve, when it gets hard to work your plan, you can go back to this list that you've created and you can say, look, I'm looking at my list and I see these benefits. It's worth it for me to pre persevere. So if you like, I am, you know, making the varsity baseball team, if you've listed out the benefits, then it gives you an <clears throat> inspiration to work harder during your plan. Because you could see, once I get this, this is the reward I have. Because Mr. Ziegler said, you know, the, the power goes is not necessarily what you get, but the, what you become. And that's part of the benefits process. So number two, listen to benefits of that. Um, yeah. We all need to know what those things are. So I will three? say too, before we go to oh, number yeah, go three, ahead. even if you're like on your way to, let's say it's a super big goal, it can also just keep motivating you. So for example, um, you kind of touched on that, but as a teacher, that was one of my goals. I remember we did this during the Generation Youth training, and one of my goals was I want to be a teacher one day. And so I had all the benefits of what I wanted to achieve, but then I also have kept notes from student teaching, and every time a student gives me a note, and then on my really hard days, I go back and I look at that, um, like any little achievement I have along the way, too, can mm -hmm. add to those benefits. And that's super from a teacher, for any teachers out there who are listening like those little things do really help on the hard days. So. so we've written down what the name of the goal. We've identified it. Give us something to be visionary about. We've started listing the benefits that give us that motivation as we go forward. Third step that I mentioned was list the challenges, the obstacles that we need to overcome. Now, this is important because we need to kind of prepare for what the hard things are going to be. We, a lot of times on you know in the smart goals there's no listing there of what's what we got to do what are the things that we're going to have to overcome so let's look at the getting on the varsity baseball team an example of a goal well you know you know having batting practice that's good or competing with others having the, all those types of obstacles the the common obstacles and then try to anticipate the strategies that you need to overcome those obstacles you, get, you start to develop problem-solving skills that are related to that. As you begin to see what are some things that I'm going to have to do to achieve this, what 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 mountains must I climb? You got any examples of, of your own personal life where you've done those types of things? I mean, one of them that I can think of just right off the top of my head was when I was swimming. I was a year-round swimmer for a very long time. You know, you drove me to all the practices, but for those of you who don't know, I did that for a very long time. And my freshman year of high school, I got really hurt. And that was not something I had anticipated, but it was something that like was a challenge where 
I could say, you know, like what happens if I get hurt? Do I just quit altogether? Mm -hmm. Um, or do I figure out a way to keep training? And so, um, I ended up still training through the injury. Um, not, I modified everything, um, in practices, but that was like a challenge that, you know, you never want to actually admit that might happen along the way, or you might not get the time you wanted, or you might not make the team, but anticipating those challenges, then you have a game plan for what to do if it's at all possible. And it doesn't knock you off course as bad. Yeah. It might slow you down, but it doesn't totally disrupt your goal. It, it totally doesn't blow you away. You're like, I know what to do now. Yeah. When I went through the training, the teacher was one of the goals. State officer was another one. And one of the obstacles I wrote down was if I don't get this. Um, in my first year running, I didn't get it. And it, it blew. I'm not going to lie. It sucked. But yeah. because I had I was a there. game plan. Yeah. <laughs> tears everywhere. But because I had a game plan, my year between running wasn't wasted. It was spent actually growing and developing. So like you just said, it takes away some of the blow and the sting because you're anticipating, hey, if this were to happen, here's my plan to keep going. Number four. And number three was list the obstacles to overcome. Number four, list the skills and the knowledge required. That's missing also, I think, from the SMART because it doesn't tell you what do I need to know? What do I need to develop? How do I need to, what knowledge do I need to know? What skills do I need to know to do this? You know, when you were setting the goal for running for state office, you had a list of things that you need to go. I ran for a state FFA office when I was in college, the same age that you did, and I wrote down the things that I needed to know. Now, I mean, it was a little bit different culture or world than what we were doing. Because I remember one of the things that I wanted to do was I wanted to learn how to have the proper etiquette and, you know, situational manners. So I went to the library and bought a book and, you know, read through those things. So I would know when I was at formal meals, you know, what was the best way for me to present myself in the most positive way? And how, how do I do all those things, you know? So those were part of the skills that I wanted to learn. I, I, we, I had to learn facts. I had to learn knowledge, update my information on different things. So it was all of a list of things that I know. And I kept, you know, I wrote it, I hand wrote it out on a list and I drew little boxes behind each, beside each one of the lists. And I would just mark through them after I felt like I had mastered that. I had mastered that somewhat. And, and that was, you know, something that I had known. I, you know, I had to find those resources that helped me reach my goal, giving me that power there. I know what I'm supposed to do now. Yeah, absolutely. And there's no fault in not knowing what you don't know, but there is fault in not figuring it out. Um, it's something mm. someone said to me once, just there's, you don't know what you don't know, but you are at fault if you don't try to figure it out. That's a great point. That is a very great point. Number five, well, let's go back again. Let's make sure they know them. Identify the goal, list the benefits, list the obstacles, list the skills required. Number five is another list. Let's start to get together our team. Let's identify the people or groups of people that we need to work with to identify this. So we need to identify who do I need to know to help me to get where I need to go. So let me go back to the example again of running for a state office, uh, state FFA office, which is what you and I are talking about. I identified in my time, and you did this too, the different people I needed to know. So I would connect with my teachers. I connected with former officers. I connected with people that I knew could pour into me with different aspects of it. I was very intentional. I drove to people's homes and 
had sit down discussions with them, all because I wanted to get as much as I could and sought their help so I could get that information. This is empowerful because we cannot achieve great things on our own. Nobody achieves great things on our own. And the wisest ones and the ones that are the most successful don't just allow people to fall into their lives to help them. They seek out those people that they know can help them along the way. So listing the people you need to do. So maybe writing them. You know, I also wrote the names down of people that I needed to know and a little box and checklist. When we developed, when we first developed Generation Use um, Signature Program, the Ziegler Use Certification, we put down a list of 25 people. I think it was actually 30, but 25 is that we actually got to of, of people that I wanted to interview and ask them what we needed to know in order to make that program. We needed to know. We needed to get this information for them. So you did that as well on several of the things you were working with. Yeah. And one big piece of advice that I'll give is don't get a whole bunch of like-minded people. Get people who have different perspectives yeah. and different life experiences. That was one thing when I was running for state office and some other things, I grabbed people with a whole bunch of different perspectives and different backgrounds. The way that one of my ag teachers trained me who had been a state officer was completely different from the other one who didn't do FFA in high school. Um, and I learned a lot from both of them. One of them had me practicing interview questions. The other one had me watching Miss Congeniality so I didn't have a resting face. And both of them helped tremendously. And they both gave me a whole bunch of perspective on just why I wanted to do it. So getting people with different backgrounds and different perspectives was so helpful just to get a second opinion. That's a great point to be able to get folks to different opinions. Wow. That's, 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 that's worthy. So number five, getting your people to work with. Number six is where the where most people think the goal setting process starts. Most people think, don't think about these other things we talked about, listing benefits, listing uh, obstacles, listing skills and stuff. They want to go straight to what is the plan. But number six, after we've identified all these things, now we can break the goal into actionable steps, steps that are very specific. When I was in high school, I went to a workshop one time and a guy had little business cards and on the back of the little, it was, it was little business goal setting business cards. And on the back of it, it had steps and each of the steps you would write the general steps that you need to do to achieve that goal. So some very effective time management and prioritizing of the steps do that. I kept that for a long time. You know, step one, I needed to do this. You can only do this when you've done the previous four steps. If you've not done what the benefits are, what the obstacles you need to overcome, what the skills and what the people work with, then you're going to have gaps in your plan of action. You're going to have gaps in what you need to do. But once you get that, you get the goal to visualize and you understand the benefits of it and you have all these lists in front of you, now you can get able to say, step one, in order to make this baseball team, I need to do this. Step two, I need to do this. Step three, I need to do that. And it may not be steps in order. I need to do this one before I do this one, I do this one. It may mean to do, I need to knock this one out. I need to knock this one out. I need to knock this one out before I can get to that level. So being able to have that plan of action, um, 
it's so critically important for young people to be able to to understand what what they need to do. Because Absolutely. Mr. Ziegler also talks about, yeah, he also talks about you don't want to be a wandering generality. You want to be a meaningful specific. And what he means by that is you want to have a target that you could aim and that you can shoot at. And that's what this plan of action does. It gives you the steps to hit that target. But you can't do that unless you've done the previous ones as well. Yeah. What were you about to say before I talked over you? <laughs> I was just going to say, sometimes, um, you know, being super specific with all your steps, it can look like a bullet point or a numbered list, but also just leaving room of as you go along the way, there might be another bullet point to add in there or two. Mm -hmm. So, you know, some goals are going to be, they're a little further off, so they're going to be a little more general until you get closer. But that was something that I realized when I was setting a couple goals for myself is some of them were super specific down to a T. I knew exactly what I needed to do and other ones were fill in the blank as I went. I knew I had to do some stuff and that was where the mentors and the people I was working with were helping me fill in those blanks of, okay, now you've done this. Next step is this. That I just found that was super helpful, especially as I figured out the skills I needed to learn and as I figured out the people who I needed to connect with, those blanks kept filled in. Seventh step and the last step of the seven step process is setting a deadline. That might seem very obvious. Oh, I got to do this. But setting a deadline creates the urgency it gives you the commitment to it. A goal without an endpoint is not a goal at all. It's just kind of a wish. It's kind of, you know, it's just out there. When when it can happen, it happens. But this sets a deadline. Now, for many many of your goals, they have self-imposed deadlines on them. But if they don't, maybe it's a fitness goal. I want to be this. You know, I want to improve my running times by this much. Setting a deadline to do that. Your mom, you know, your mom works for people on their health and fitness. And one of the things that she's very specific on is, is if they want to lose 20 pounds or 15 pounds, that they set a, a deadline to work towards. What happens if you miss it, though? That's why people don't set deadlines, because they might miss it. Well, the, the thing is, is that let's just use that weight, weight loss goal. I set a goal to lose 15 pounds in four months. And I get to the end of that four months and I've not hit that 15 pounds. But you're at 12 or you're at 10. And you're Are you a failure at that point? No. Because you're 12 or 10 pounds further closer to your goal than you would have been otherwise. And if you just said, I'm going to lose 15 pounds and you didn't put that time limit, if you got to the end of that and you were only five pounds, there wouldn't be that sense of urgency. I've got this time. I've got to get it going. i got to get it moving. I've got to have it going. i got to have it happening. You know, we're, we've got a new class coming out, new online class coming out for Generation Youth. And I have set a deadline to have it open and ready to go by February 1st. It's got to be ready to go so that we can present it. That puts a sense of urgency. Uh, we have another summit, virtual summit coming out. The deadline is actually tomorrow for the videos that are supposed to go on that. That creates a sense of urgency for all the presenters to get that. If we just didn't have those deadlines, we don't know when it would be. So, But does that mean you can't adjust it? If it's possible, you can. But you got to have a deadline. What's the, what's the power of working with students that you've seen on giving them a deadline? About that. It's gotten a little worse um, in the last few years. 
since we don't really take off late points, but I will say it does a lot of my students, like when they know there's a deadline, they'll at least start it the day before it's due. <laughs> so, but no, in all seriousness, it does like give them kind of a breakdown of, okay, I need to have this done by this. They've been working on a semester long project and I gave them all the deadlines for all the different check-ins throughout the whole semester back in August. And so it kind of kept them on track throughout the whole semester of knowing, okay, by this day, I have to have this done. By this day, I have to have this done. And so I have very, very few students who aren't going to be done on time because it's due this Friday. And I have very few. Um, and I think it's really because of those deadlines and those little check-ins along the way. And so maybe you have a big deadline, but you also have little check-ins. So you kind of see if you need to move back that big deadline. And then, you know, that's where you put that in your plan of action. Where are my steps along the way? So if you're wanting to lose 15 pounds over four months, using that example, then you want to say, you know, by the end of the first month, I need to be at least three pounds or four pounds down. You know, if, if Or I need to be five down or, or something like that in that first month to help you go forward so that you know where you're at and, and, and reevaluate on the way. So that's an important thing too. Not only setting that big one, but having those new chickens. Great point. Yeah, that's something that I recently had to do. So I do CrossFit, you and I both do. And so mm -hmm. something I really wanted to do was a bar muscle up. Well, before I did that, I needed to figure out, you know, like pull-ups. And then I need to figure out like butterfly pull-ups. And in the process of figuring out the little steps in between, I realized that I had to go back to square one. So my kipping was wrong. So the foundation of the movement I learned wrong. And so it kind of those little check-ins helped me realize that. So I could go back to square one and I just moved back my big deadline until I figured out the basics again. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not, I'm not hurt. <laughs> I feel like I'm still making a lot of progress, even though I had to move backwards a little bit. But if it wasn't for those little check-ins of trying to learn the next skill, I would have never realized that the foundation was wrong. So let's review those seven and then let's just talk about an example of using that before we close out. Number one, identifying the goal, something to visualize. Number two, listing the benefits. You want to have something that gets you motivated during the rough times. There's the benefits. Listen to obstacles to overcome. Kind of foresee those challenges that you need to anticipate some strategies to do. Uh, number four, finding what, identifying the skills and knowledge that are required for you to achieve this goal. Number five, finding the people, assembling your team that you need to work with. Six, creating that plan of action. Number seven, setting that deadline. So I'm thinking about how we work with teams, uh, whether it is training a team for a school event, like maybe a contest team that you work with through the FFA at your at school or an athletic team. Coaches, all the teachers and coaches will set goals. And they do this process, even if they're not saying this is the Ziegler seven-step process. So you and I both have trained teams for FFA through our teaching career. It's always, the identifying the goal is always, you know, for, uh, for me, uh, it depends on what team it is. We would set a goal at the end of the year. We want to be at this level. We want to make the state finals in a particular contest. We would list the benefits for receiving those goals, you know, prestige to our school, boosted self-image, you know, pride, the knowledge that we would gain. Then we would go through what the obstacles are. What's the big problems that we're going to have? Well, how many times are we going to be able to practice? You know, can we win the first three levels before we get there in advance? 
Are we going to be together as a team and be cohesive? Then the skills and knowledge. Well, we got to know all these particular uh, aspects. Our, the team that I was particularly talking about was parliamentary procedure. You know, we have to we have to know all the procedures that we have to do, all the topics, information about all the topics. We need to watch videos about winning teams and talk to people who have done it before. Number five, people to work with. I would have folks come in and look at us. When I taught at Clayton High School, I had my former ag teacher grade and judge my students before we competed at a higher level so that he could give me feedback on what we were doing wrong and what we could do better. Creating that plan of action. Each one of them had their individual plan of action, what they needed to do in order to get there. <clears throat> and then setting the deadline. That was a self-imposed deadline. We're not a self-imposed deadline. That was an imposed deadline on us that someone else put, you know, there was a date of what we had to meet. But we we kind of kept to that and we knew what was going on and we we kept that in the front of it. And doing that, we were able to accomplish just a lot more than just trying to tackling it. How about you? Anything that you've gotten information on there? I mean, very similar experiences training, you know, a state officer team, but one that or not state officer team, oh my gosh, <laughs> uh, CD, uh, competitive event team. But another kind of example, very similar, was when I was coaching CrossFit, there was a lady who came in who wanted, she wanted but also needed to lose 30 pounds by the end of the year. It was like October when she came in, she had to lose it by December um, for health reasons. Ooh, that's, a lot, and so that's a lot of weight. Through, amount of time. Yeah. And so we went through this like plan of, hey, what can we do? Um, who do we need to work with? What are the benefits of doing this aside from you have to do it? What are the obstacles we're going to face? And so we came up with like a nutrition, like this is the things you need to do nutritionally. These are who you can work with. This is how you can get steps in outside of the gym and how you can stay motivated and who she could work with because I'd I'm only 23 years old. She needed a nutritionist and I wasn't one, but I could right. coach her in the gym, but she needed this person as well. So we went through those seven steps. Not again, I didn't call it that, but we went through it to really solidify her goal. And she was, she was really close. She didn't quite get 30, but it was like 28 or something like that. Enough to where it was successful. I mean, I'm like, oh, that's 28 more than she was. Yeah. So yeah, it's incredible what the power of goal setting can do and how you can build positive relationships in that, and how it can increase your self-worth and self-esteem by going through the process. It's incredibly powerful. It is one of the most essential skills that youth can learn. And that's why I like Mr. Ziegler's seven steps better than any other process, because it clearly lays out what you do, and it's a way that you can list it in your, learn it and list those steps in your mind so that you can visualize those. So it's it's a powerful, powerful ability. So let me give some um, some resources that you can do. Number one, if you want to get a resource that kind of identifies those, a worksheet, if you'll go to our website, uh, generationziggler.com, generationziggler.com, what our original name was, Generation Ziggler. You'll go there, there's a resources page that will have some resources on goal setting that you can download. They're free to download. You don't even have to give us your uh, email address to get it. Those are just free for you to download straight off the sheet. Number two, you can go to the uh, Mr. Ziegler site as well, Ziegler.com, and buy some of their content there uh, and going forward on that. But really, 
Google any of that information. You can go on Spotify and look for Mr. Zig Ziglar and goal setting, and you will hear him actually present that entire seven-step goal setting process, a recording of him doing that. So you can see the power of him doing it as well. So I think it's some great resources out there. We'll list some of those in the in the show notes as well so that you can see what those are. And hopefully you'll be thinking about these things and be able to empower the youth that you work with. And it can help you as well. Maybe you need to have seven steps of goal setting so that you can help young people. Maybe it needs to be you first and then you could turn around and help them as well. So any closing comments that you have? Not at all. Just, you know, happy new year, new time to set goals. And if you've never done it properly before, now's the chance. <laughs> That's an excellent, excellent point. Audience, if you stuck with us this long, you obviously like the content. You like what I said there. So please like this. Leave us a positive review. Subscribe to us either on your podcast app, on the YouTube. Share it. Comment on it. And we'll see you again very soon with your goal-setting mindset on the Generation Youth Podcast. And there you have it, another impactful episode of the Generation Youth Podcast. To all of our listeners out there, remember to hit that subscribe button on your preferred podcast platform so you can never miss an episode. Want to be a part of the Generation Youth community? Follow us on all of our social media platforms. We'll keep you connected with all of our upcoming episodes and inspiring initiatives. You're not just a listener here. You're a catalyst for change. Together, we're building a future filled with promise, potential, and endless possibilities. This journey is just starting. So keep tuning in, keep growing, and let's continue uplifting our youth one episode at a time. Thank you for joining us today. And until next time, let's keep sparking inspiration and igniting the future.